This is the Novel Marketing Podcast. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. I'm James L. Rubart. And this is the show for novelists who hate marketing but still want to become best-selling authors. This episode is based on a question Cindy Tansen, who you can find at cindytansen.com, sent in. And we think it's a great question. So Cindy asks, thank you for another great podcast. I definitely want to hear more about mastermind groups. Please do another podcast on this subject. Well, you've got it, Cindy. This week, we are going to talk about mastermind groups. But just before we dive into this, let's talk about questions in general. We love answering questions. We love the questions that come in. We do a Q&A episode every now and then. So please, if you've got a question, just go to novelmarketing.com, click on the big button that says, ask a question, and send it to us. We'd love it. We now have a thing called email as well. So you can send an email to novelmarketingpodcast at gmail.com uh, if you like to do it the old school way. And if we choose your question, we will definitely feature your website and your writing on the podcast. All right. So let's talk about mastermind groups. Uh, what is a mastermind group? It started a long, long time ago. You know, it's kind of become something in the last, I've been part of mastermind groups for probably 20 years, but, but really it's kind of become a buzz 20 thing. 20 years recently. ago, that's so long. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm, de yeah, I was 12. It was, it was great. Um, but mastermind groups have certainly been around a lot longer than 20 years. You want to give us a quick history on that? Yeah, so arguably the first mastermind group was actually started by Benjamin Franklin. Uh, he called it a junto in his autobiography, which if you haven't re read it, I strongly recommend it. Uh, he talks about putting together his Junto, which was a group of about 12 friends of his, and they uh, encouraged each other. They shared what they were learning. They um, had discussions and just generally tried to make uh, society a better place and become more successful businessmen. And, um, you know, like many of the things that Franklin did, like starting a public library system, it kind of caught on and the idea spread. And it's kind of gotten new life recently. It's So the term mastermind group, it wasn't coined by Fr Franklin. In fact, the t term mastermind group is a bit of a new age term, believe it or not. So, but you don't have to be a new ager um, to, you know, see the benefit of gathering in small groups. You know, people have been gathering in small groups uh, for a long time and doing it to help with marketing or with uh, writing can be incredibly helpful. So let's talk about some of the benefits of a mastermind group. First of all, and, and this is huge, is encouragement. A lot of the people that Thomas and I work with as individual authors are entrepreneurs, whether they're marketing entrepreneurs or author entrepreneurs or speaking entrepreneurs. And, and that a lot of times means going solo. And so simply getting together and getting the encouragement. Thomas and I are obviously, you've probably figured out we're part of a mastermind group. And simply being around these people every other week for me gives huge, huge encouragement. And gathering on a topic of mutual interest is really beneficial as well because, you know, I have friends from church, but they don't really understand necessarily what it's like to run a business or, you know, to work with authors. And so to be able to interact with other authors, other people who are dealing with the same kinds of challenges that I can, can be a great supplement uh, to that community that I get at church. Uh, the second benefit, though, is that when you're gathered on a single topic, you're gaining wisdom from these other people. If you're all in the same industry or similar complementary industries, you know, you have people People are different have different areas of expertise and so you're learning from that and as people are trying stuff they're sharing their successes and their failures and so you get to learn from other people's failures as well as other people's successes which tell let me tell you as someone who's learned from a lot of my own failures learning from the failures <laughs> of others highly recommended 
<laughs> the third benefit is networking. Uh, you know, business, I keep telling my sons this, who they're just starting to get into the business world. Business is not as much about technique as it is relationships. Business is relationships and friendships. And the networking that comes out of a mastermind group can be absolutely substantial because you don't know who that person knows. They don't know who you know. And they go, oh, I know Fred. I can introduce you to Fred. He'd love to talk to you. And so the networking aspect is, is, is of huge benefit. Now, the fourth benefit is accountability. In our mastermind group, occasionally we will set goals and hold each other accountable. And I remember setting a goal for myself that I didn't hit, but I set up a punishment as well. So if I didn't hit the goal, I had to pay everybody in the group 10 or $15. And I don't remember what it was, but I remember I failed to hit the goal, and so I went and PayPal'd everybody in the group 10 bucks. And it wasn't because they needed the money. It was more of that I needed the accountability so that when I set a goal – you know, and I set my own goal. It wasn't like we were being mean to each other. It was, you know, just me trying to help accomplish, you know, business objectives. Um, you know, as a my own boss, you know, I have employees that I hold accountable, but I don't have a boss above me. And so, having that mastermind group to help provide that accountability was really helpful for me. The last benefit, and not there are more benefits than this, but the last one we're going to hit on right now is the marketing support and advice that you get. I, I'm fond of saying you are marketing in every moment. Everyone is marketing in every moment. You don't maybe think of yourself as a marketer, but you are. You're selling yourself or your ideas or somebody else's ideas in every moment. And simply hearing what someone else has done from a marketing standpoint can be extremely beneficial. And help. So often uh, you help market each other's books. So it's nice if you're in a mastermind group with people who have 5, 10, 20,000 Twitter fans or followers. So, you know, when you they send out a tweet on your behalf because they're friends and they've been working with you on the project, you know, that helps uh, get out the word as well. So let's kind of take you through our mastermind group. We'll talk about other mastermind groups formats later and how you can start your own. But in our mastermind group, we meet online every two weeks and we open up by just kind of sharing an update. Everybody shares what they've been working on or what they're struggling with or, you know, kind of life news. You have a couple minutes, you know, what's new in your life in the last two weeks. And then we either have a, uh, someone share something that they've learned. So they present on something they've discovered uh, on their own, or we have a hot seat. And the hot seat uh, sessions are the ones I enjoy probably even more than what someone's learned. And that's where one person basically opens up their business or their project, and everybody else gives them feedback and encouragement. So they kind of explain what some challenge that they're facing or some dilemma, and everybody kind of um, swarms in around them to help them get over that obstacle. One thing I want to mention, uh, expand on a little bit that Thomas said, and that is, Thomas said, we open up and take a couple of minutes. I would encourage you, if you're starting a mastermind group, to make that firm, a couple of minutes. Because in every group, you're going to have somebody that the definition of a couple of minutes for them means 15 minutes, and they'd take 20 if they could. So you need to be firm about that, and then have somebody in the group that's kind of the leader or kind of the, the person that just kind of keeps things going. We have one in our group that, that kind of goes, okay, your turn, Thomas, or your turn, Jim, and and give them the power to say, hey, hey, we're getting on, we need to move on. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a dictator about it, but maybe Make sure there's. Uh, make sure you try to stick to the whatever time frame you establish, and you know keep it focused. So another thing we should probably talk about mastermind groups. There's two kinds. There's free mastermind groups, 
and paid mastermind groups. And paying money for a mastermind group can be an incredible investment. I know people who pay $500,000 a month to be a part of elite mastermind groups. And the benefit of that is, one, you're getting access to a guru you may not uh, get before. So I know Cliff Ravenscraft, podcast answer man, he used to host lots and lots of mastermind groups. And his were pretty expensive, a couple hundred dollars a month to be a part of the mastermind group. But you got access to Cliff, which was, you know, not everyone has access to Cliff Ravenscraft. You know, he's a big head honcho podcasting guru, and, you know, there's not enough of him to go around. But more than that, you also got access to other podcasters who are at your same level or maybe better at one area and not as good as you at another. And it's not about necessarily learning from the guru as much as it is about learning from the guru and the other members of the mastermind. Uh, so the other benefit of a paid is that often it extends your network even more because you probably are less likely to know the other folks in the mastermind group and they become really good friends through the process of being in a mastermind together. Whereas a free mastermind, it's more of deepening pre-existing relationships. So the group that Jim and I are in together, it's it, no one no one pays. Uh, there's no like guru at the top. It's a it's a collection of of authors who are also speakers at conferences is most it's kind of i guess the one thing we all have in common and um, we each bring something to share and we each bring something to learn and there's no money uh, that exchanges hands but that's an important point that thomas brought up that we all have this similar we're all speakers we all are, are entrepreneurs and so you do want to form a group of like-minded people you you don't want somebody that comes in and says well i'm, I'm brand new i'm beginning if you're you're all beginning in, in a certain venture great but you probably want to, to be careful to get uh, people that are at your same level of experience, um, same level of being able to give back to one another. Because a mastermind group really needs to be you getting something, but you also giving something that the other people can benefit from. That's right. And a lot of the top indie authors uh, are all in mastermind groups with each other. There's probably five or six mastermind groups that encompass the top probably 50 independent authors. And so I don't know how many of these are paid and how many of them are free, but they're sharing what they're learning. And there's a lot, and they're learning faster because they're learning from each other. Um, and so you kind of have to earn your way into one of those groups or create your own and then all help each other level up. So um, and another way to think of this is a writing critique group uh, can act as a mastermind group where you're getting together with other writers. But, you know, you want to try, like Jim said, you want to find people who are at a sim- similar level or one step ahead of you or one step behind you. But ideally, where you're all learning at the same time, and you can learn faster together. So let's talk about technology really quick. The best technology for a mastermind group is to meet in the same location in something called real life. If there's this thing that's come out, it's called real life high resolution, you know, very clear audio and the visuals are really clear. The resolution is great, very low latency. That's supposed to be funny, Jim. You're not laughing. <laughs> so, no, I'm seriously. Inside. Yeah, if you can meet in real life. And um, some groups, uh, to meet in real life, they only meet two or three times a year or four times, once a quarter. And everyone flies uh, to a location together and they spend a day uh, to be together in real life. Other people, it's a local mastermind group, and so they can meet in real life. No problem. But what if you are in this really obscure niche and you're having trouble finding other people locally, which a lot of folks struggle with? Well, in that case, I recommend Google Hangouts. Uh, If you've never used Google Hangouts, they're free, and you can see video of all 10 people or up to 10 people in your group at the same time. So you're kind of like a Bond villain talking to all your minions. You know, you can see the video of all the different folks, and whoever's talking at the time, their video is bigger 
than the others. And um, it scales really well, it's very reliable, and it's the, probably the most painless uh, way to do online video conferencing. And, and some people would say, oh, we can just do a phone conference. I would discourage that. There's something about seeing these people. And no, you're not in person, but my gosh, you're as close as you can get to it. And I like seeing the facial expressions. It's just because uh, I've done mastermind groups where it's been just on a phone conference. I would encourage you to do the Google Hangout, the video where you can see each other. So much better. Although phone conference is still better than the final way uh, to do it, which is email or a Facebook group. So I see a lot of um, groups that try to get started on email. And in fact, our mastermind first started as an email-only mastermind. It didn't really take off until we started meeting face-to-face on our computers. But again, email's better than nothing. So in-person is best, Google Video Hangout second, phone conference third, and then email slash Facebook. And let's talk for a second about uh, email and in-person with our group because we are spread out all over the country. We meet twice a month. So our meeting is every Wednesday at 10.30 Pacific time, uh, 12.30 Central time. 1.30 Eastern. We have somebody in every time zone. We do. We have somebody in every time zone, which is fun. Um, So we meet every other Wednesday and and we, we love doing that. But we also do have a group email where we are communicating with each other very, very frequently. At least there's at least a couple of uh, emails a day. So we do stay in touch that way as well. That's right. And email is a great way to augment any of these in in person, et cetera. So I'm not against email uh, in and of itself. I just think that email by itself is in in it's not enough. So agree, agree. And then the other thing we do real quick is once a year, we do get together in person. We've chosen January. We think that's a great way to kick off the year. And so, as Thomas said, um, you can certainly find a way. Some people once a quarter, our group meets once a year in person and we take four days. And that is incredibly rich time. So that's our mastermind group. Your mastermind group will be different. And let's talk about some other formats. So um, the first format uh, I'd like to share other than our own is Franklin's Junto format. You know, if you're going to classic, follow, you know, follow somebody, you know, why don't you follow the great Benjamin Franklin? So their format was they would typically open with some discussion questions. And I just have a couple sample ones here. So one is, has any citizen in your knowledge failed in his business lately? And what have you heard of the cause? So they were, they're really wanting to learn from failure, particularly um, people in their community. And then another question, have you heard of any citizens thriving? Is somebody doing well in business? And by what means? What are they doing well to succeed? So they really wanted to know, what are people doing that's causing them to fail? What are people doing that's causing them uh, to succeed? There's probably dozens of questions you can Google it. There's a whole Wikipedia page just on Franklin's Mastermind. Um, it was that influential. And a lot of really cool elements of your local government probably emerged from his mastermind because one of their goals was to try to invent a better way to do government. And so a lot of stuff made it into, because uh, this is all before the United States was founded. And so really cool stuff. And then another thing they would do is uh, from time to time, someone would bring an essay to read to the group and then discuss it. So it was kind of like you had a little dissertation that you'd have to do. You'd read the dissertation to the group and then you had to defend it from the other members of the group. And it was a way of doing research and trying to better understand um, the subject that they were trying to address. And Franklin, of course, being a Renaissance man, you know, the number of subjects that they hit were very broad. It wasn't just business. It was also politics and religion and things like that. 
Another thing to do is follow the classic format of one, everyone brings a question that revolves around the focus of the group, and then everyone brings a tip or a resource to discuss. And you can see just those two things could easily fill up an hour. And that's another thing we should mention. Or an afternoon. (laughs) Or an afternoon, yeah. and the reason I say would fill up an hour is because that's how long our mastermind group is. Your your results might vary. Uh, you, you might like a mastermind group that's an hour and a half. You might like a two hour. You might like half an hour. We like an hour because anytime you go past an hour, we're busy people. And if we're doing it every two weeks, going past an hour makes people go, ooh, gosh, can I can I carve that time out today? But an hour, most of our group can. Right. The classic format, uh, it's often a four-hour meeting uh, once a month, uh, a four- or five-hour meeting. So it's very different from ours. Ours is more frequent for less time. But again, what you want to do is craft something that fits around your needs and the the needs of the other folks in the mastermind group. And we should probably talk about a mastermind group can be as small as two people. Sure. You, You and, in fact, I have a friend who's got a very effective mastermind group. He's a part of our mastermind group, but he's also a part of his, another mastermind group. It's just him and one other guy. <laughs> and they hold each, They do all the normal mastermind things. They hold each other accountable. They encourage each other. And um, they, you know, they, it's very effective. And it's, it doesn't take nearly as much time. And the fewer people you have in your mastermind group, the more time you have for sharing what's going on in your life. When there's 20 people and each person takes two minutes to summarize what's going on in their life, well, that's 40 minutes. That's two-thirds of your hour gone just with introductions. Whereas if there's two people and you each spend five minutes, then it's only 10 minutes. You still have another 50 minutes to go. So let's talk about tips on starting your own mastermind group. Jim, uh, what are some of the tips on how to start a mastermind group? Well, I would say set the expectations up front and make them very clear. In other words, what is your mastermind group about? Ours is not about writing. It's about marketing, entrepreneurship, speaking. We certainly talk about writing, but but we're very clear on this is what the group is about. And then you'll know if a person's going to fit or not. So set expectations up. And certainly when you add somebody to the group, and we're going to talk about how you do that in a minute, make sure they understand this is what the group is about. This is our format. Is this something you want to be part of or not? And so to give you an example, it's, it's perfectly fine in our mastermind group to post a marketing plan or some marketing copy to get critiqued. It's not okay to post uh, your manuscript to get edited. You know, we're not a craft-centric group. We're a marketing-centric right. group. That doesn't mean that there aren't people in the group that have other groups that they get craft feedback on, but that's our focus. And so with your whatever group you put together, you need to be clear about what that focus is. Uh, the second thing I would say in far, as far as tips go is to explain how a mastermind group works. A lot of people are familiar with small groups, but they may not be familiar with the format or or the term and so you know explain it to him or shameless plug send them a link uh, to this episode uh so shoot them a link to the novel marketing podcast and they can listen to this episode and kind of i love get, that plug yeah, yeah um so uh what's the next tip jim well s- start small and thomas said gave an example of a friend of his that has a mastermind group of two Wonderful. It is better to have a group of two or three than have a group of eight where you're going, oh my gosh, this isn't working. It's out of control. We grew too quickly. Start small and then build slowly. You want to make sure everyone is a good fit. Let's talk a little bit about this, Thomas, because people are going, well, I I can think of that person. I can think of that person. I can think of that person. Somebody is going to be the initiator of the group, the one that kind of kicks the whole thing off. For our group, Thomas was that person. But I love what Thomas does. When it's time for us to add a new member, it's got to be unanimous. It's got to be everybody going, yes, this new member fits. And real recently, we 
threw out a name where everybody felt great about this person, but it just wasn't a fit for everyone and it just wasn't going to work. And, and nobody goes, oh, I really wanted that person. It's great. If it's not unanimous, we're not going to do it. And since it's an invite-only group, that person's feelings weren't hurt because he right. or she didn't know uh, that he or she was you know, in the running to be invited uh, to join the group. But you do want to be picky on who you add. And I would be, and that's the next tip, is be, be picky on who you add. And I would just say it's really, one thing that can kill a mastermind group is to get too big. Um, logistics get too difficult. The relationship quality degrades as you exponentially increase the number of connections. And so you you want to be very uh, picky about that. And so, you know, having only one no, nay being all it takes to kick someone out is one good way to control that. Uh, because you want the kind of group where people feel safe to share their challenges and their struggles. If people don't feel safe to share their challenges and struggles, then you don't really have a mastermind group. You have a bragging session. Like, hey, here are my successes. You can learn a little bit from successes, but you learn far more from failures. And so when you can crack open your failure and be like, hey, everybody, I just blew it or I am failing right now. Here's what I'm doing that's not working. Help me figure out how to get it working. That's where the real learning is, not just for you, but for everybody else listening to the advice uh, that everybody else has. Because I, I might have one piece of the solution, but I get to hear Jim, who's got another piece of the solution that I didn't even think about. And that's that's where the real benefit of the mastermind comes from. Can we talk, Thomas, for a minute about the technology limitations of mastermind groups? And we'll use, if you're meeting in person, you don't have a limit on the number of people you would you would add. Although, boy, you get above 12 people, you're, you're getting a lot, a lot, a lot of people. In our case, Google Hangout, as Thomas said, you can have up to 10 people that are chatting. So what do we do if we really feel like we need to add that 11th member? Well, you have to realize that in any mastermind group, people get busy, lives get crazy. And so on average, our mastermind mastermind group has eight people showing up, even though I think at this point, Thomas, we might have 11 that are part of the group. And so I think once in the last two years have we had a situation where the queue filled up and one person wasn't able to make the meeting. So know that you can go over a little if you have to. And that's very much because of the kind of group we have. Since everyone in our group is a professional speaker, everyone is traveling. And so the time, the one time, the month of the year when everyone's there to overpack a group is in December when no one's booking speakers because it's all Christmas stuff going along. So, you know, your group might be different. If it's all a bunch of folks who work day jobs and, you know, they're always free on Tuesday nights, you may have a much higher attendance rate. Yep. So yep. I realize we're sharing a lot of stuff from, based on our experience. Your mileage is going to vary. And the nice thing about this is that, you know, failure is okay. You know, a lot of people are in a, or maybe a mastermind group works for a little while and it doesn't work for right. a long time. You know, it, it, you don't have to do this perfectly. It's not, it, the nice thing is that it's secret. You notice we're not dropping a lot of names of the other folks uh, who are in our group because we have a semi-secret mastermind group. Some members are more private about their membership uh, than others. So we're not mentioning anybody's name. Uh, so when you're adding people, you want to look for folks who have something to add to the conversation. So you, you want focus, but you also want diversity. If everyone is in the exact same place, there's not a lot to learn from each other. Whereas if it's, everyone's too diverse where they're in just different industries altogether, then it's, there's not that common language. So you know, look for what does this person have to add and also what does this person have to gain? And if someone has a real clear answer to both of those questions, that's the kind of person you'd like to invite to join your mastermind group. I don't mean to belabor the point, but really look for variety. Um, yeah, we have some fiction authors in our group. We also have nonfiction authors in our group. We have some people that are more focused on speaking. We have some people that are SEO people and technical people. So so really look for that variety. If you, With a critique group, you might all be 
fiction writers, if you form a mastermind group, you're probably not going to learn much outside uh, of the circle of, of fiction writing. But if you add that variety, you certainly will. So, um, finally, the final tip I'd like to give is to set up an agenda and take notes. I know this is painful, and you're, a writer, you're writers and artists, and that kind of agenda stuff may feel a little bit constraining. But it really does help. And, and our agenda is not super detailed, but we do take notes, and we do it in Google Docs. So more than one person can take notes if possible. And we now have our, our group's been running for almost two years. So now we have two years' worth of notes of questions and answers and ideas that were tried and feedback and uh the thing oh we that we forgot to mention after we have the hot seat we have a time of prayer so uh the the members of our group are all uh, christians and so we'll pray for each other um which i find to be really beneficial you know to pray for each other especially after you've just been sharing your challenges and successes so we really do try to follow jesus's instruction to um rejoice with those who rejoice and to uh mourn with those who mourn and the other thing about that, just real quick, is during the week, sometimes uh, during the two weeks in between, we'll send out, uh, boy, I'm really struggling with this. And you can give some people some quick prayer or some quick encouragement. So uh, that definitely extends on the times we're not meeting as well. All right. So Jim and I have thought about the idea of hosting a paid mastermind specifically for fiction uh, marketing. So we're not announcing anything yet, but if that's something that you're interested in, or if you'd like to be notified when that come, happens, if it happens, do leave us a note. Uh, go to the um, novelmarketing.com, click the ask a question, and then in your question just say, I'd like to know more about a paid mastermind. Uh, and that would be, you know, Jim and I would both be on the call. It would be, you know, a small group where we'd be able to go much deeper than what we're able to do with the general advice in the Novel Marketing Podcast. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know. We're kind of wanting to gauge uh, the gauge your, the audience uh, demand for something like that. Yeah, we, we love doing the Novel Marketing Podcast, but there's something about working specifically with authors on their specific marketing plan and challenges that, I don't know, just really jazzes us. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Novel Marketing Podcast. If you have a question, uh, like the question that spawned this episode, uh, so we, we throw out ideas all the time. Cindy said, hey, I want you to go into more depth. We went into more depth. We could do the same for you. All you have to do, go to novelmarketing.com, click ask a question, let us know what you'd like to know more about, and who knows, maybe there'll be an episode on that in the future. This edition of the Novel Marketing Podcast has been brought to you by My Book Table. I would say it's a must-have plug-in if you have a WordPress site. It's help you sell more books. You can make some money uh, through affiliate programs like Amazon's and Barnes & Noble. For more information, go to mybooktable.com. Thank you for listening to the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you novel ideas on how to sell yourself and your writing online, offline, and everywhere in between.